This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Again, thank you for all that serve in any capacity. We pray your blessings of God upon you, and we're honored to have you here today. If you need a Bible, once you get your hand up real high, I'll get to Luke 22 in a minute. Just some things that have been stirred up on the inside of me. I've had this question asked several times in the, the past couple, couple of weeks about the things that are going on in our world. And, you know, the Bible, it, it gives us a lot of insight, actually in Matthew 24, and I encourage you to read that. But in Matthew 24, verse 8, after the Lord described that the nations will divide against nations and kingdom against kingdom, he said there will be earthquakes in, in various locations. And then the Lord Jesus' exact words, he said, this is the beginning of the sorrows. And so the things we're experiencing right now, even with our weather, understand he said these things would be the beginning. I I personally believe, and I don't want to say this to put fear on you, I don't want you to think that God's given me a date. God is very clear, no one knows the day or the hour. But he said these certain things will begin to happen. And be, be alert. Remember in Matthew 25 with the ten virgins, he said, stay alert. Be vigilant. Don't get your eyes off the things of God. And so there are some things that are beginning to take place rapidly in this thing called the world. And one of the things that is, is really puzzling to me right now is we are having huge pockets of our society, especially our younger generations that are leaving the church in in record numbers. And so I I encourage you, whatever your age is, stay with the things of God, okay? Rely on the Word of God. Rely on prayer. And man, you know young ones, get them back into church. Be bold with them in a loving way. Say, you need to come back. You need to come back to the things of God. So just my heart on there, and I I believe God's going to move. God is always the God who takes what the devil meant for evil and he turns it to good. And so we just pray and we stand. Well, that was all free, okay? None of that's going to charge you anything today. Uh, We're going to begin in Luke 22. And I'm just going to be there very briefly and then I'll come back to it later this morning and then we'll go to Mark 14. So where we're at right now, we're on our series, Free Indeed. Uh, Today, this is going to be another area that I believe Jesus wants to set us free. And so there's a thing in our society that is really, really beginning to take root that it's not real good. It's a thing called self-sufficiency, a, a dependency upon me or mankind. And oftentimes in this, as human beings, we, we have the thought, well, I'm a strong human being. I'm a strong personality. I know there's many of you in here that got really, really strong personalities to the point almost where we say, you know what? I can handle anything that's, that's thrown at me. But the Lord said in Ephesians 6.10, He said, Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And where we start getting off base is when we start thinking, You know what? I can handle anything that's thrown at me. When I begin to stand in that way, there's a thing called pride. And in Proverbs 16.18 it says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So not one of us in here are exempt from the area of pride. Now what we're going to do today, we're going to take the Apostle Peter, and I want you to note some things with him that I believe will help us. We begin, 
Luke 22, verse 31. And the Lord said to Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you. Now, this is Jesus talking to to one of his servants, a disciple. And, And if we were standing there, he would look at him and say, Peter, Simon, Simon, the devil has asked for you. Now, the Greek word for ask there is literally meaning not only did he ask, but he received what he asked for. So when we look at this right here, when he says he's asked, it tells me the devil can't wipe you or me out anytime he wants. If he could wipe us out, he would do it. So he gives us two incredible words in here. He said, first, he's asked for you. And then he says, that he may sift you as wheat. That he may crush you as wheat. Now he asked and he said that he may. And so right here this tells me some insight. That we, we through our actions and our behaviors. We can open up the door and give the devil reason to come in. Because of some of the stuff I say or do. Now in this passage right here. Jesus addresses him as Simon, Simon. If you study the scriptures, that after Peter gave his heart to Jesus, Jesus called him Peter. Peter meant a rock. He was a rock. He was a rock for the things of God. And actually when Jesus called him that in Matthew 16, he said, and I'll build my church with the rocks like you, Peter. But in this passage, he doesn't address him as Peter the Rock. He addresses him as Simon. So right here, I believe Jesus is going way back into his life. And he says, your old nature is coming back. Your old human weaknesses that when you were Simon, this is what began to take place. And so what I want us to see here is we're going to come back to this. But go with me to the book of Mark chapter 14. As you're turning there, again, some of the passage revealed that, that Peter had opened the door up to give the devil access to come after him. So we look here in Mark 14, verse 27. Then Jesus said to them, Jesus said to his disciples, All, A-L-L, all of you will be made to stumble or to fall away. Because of me this night. Now it's interesting here. Jesus specifically. You you guys are going to stumble. You're going to fall away. Because of your stand for me. Understand this. When we make a stand for Jesus. There's going to be some persecution. I think the church as a whole has thought. You know what? When I give my heart to Jesus. It's just smooth sailing. That's not true. He said in John 16, 33, he said, In this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So again, he's warning them right here, there's some things that are going to take place because you've chosen to follow me, you're going to be persecuted, and some of you are going to fall away. Now, what he's quoting here is the prophet uh, Zechariah, in Zechariah 13, 7, he says, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. So Jesus is actually prophesying what's going to happen. He's saying, listen, fellas, the day's coming that I'm going to die. 
I'm going to raise from the grave after three days, and then I'm going to show back up to you in Galilee. He's telling him, this is what's going to happen. Verse number 28 or 29. But Peter said to Jesus, even if all are made to stumble or fall away, yet I will not. So to a degree, you know what Peter's doing? He's debating Jesus. He's saying, you know, Jesus, I, I really don't care what you just said. Whether or not the rest of these crybabies fall away and they run, I won't do it. And so to a degree right there, you know what Peter's saying? I'm stronger than all of these. I'm more committed than all of these. You know what? I pray more than everybody else. I get the word more than everybody else. And so when he's saying this, I'm not going to do it. I wonder if Jesus is looking at him and thinking, what part of all do you not understand? Because he specifically said there, all of you will be made to stumble. And so I can look and think, well, Peter maybe didn't hear the question. No, he heard the question because he answered it and said, even if all are made to stumble, I'm not going to. So guess what he's done? He's put himself at a higher category than everybody else. Now watch what Jesus says to him. Assuredly, I say to you today, listen, big boy, today, even this night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. Do you know what Jesus just said to him? He said, listen, buddy, you're not as powerful and as strong as you think you are. Now watch this here in verse 31. But Peter spoke more vehemently, more emphatically, if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. What about the all, what Jesus just said? So when we begin to look at this right here with what he begins to talk about in this passage here, you begin to see a root or a pattern or a cycle in Peter's life. And none of us in this room can discredit our vulnerability to pride. In other words, none of us in here are exempt from that. And we live in a society that becomes very prideful. Now, go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 16. Let's look at another one. And the reason I'm showing you all this, it gives us an idea how easy pride can come into our lives, even as believers. Matthew 16, verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must. Now, that word must there indicates a divine necessity. He must go to Jerusalem. Suffer many things, and the elders and the chief priests and the scribes be killed, and be raised the third day. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Now Jesus is telling him all this stuff. He's saying, listen, this is what's going to happen. And so Peter doesn't want to embarrass Jesus. So he pulls him aside and he says, Jesus, I I need to reprimand, reprimand you a little bit. You're, you're way off track here. Your, your affirmations and your, your confessions are terrible here. Now, when I looked at this, I would have the thought, what kind of stupid are you to rebuke Jesus? And so you begin to see this right here, that Peter thinks it's his job to correct him. So he goes on to say to him, 
far be it from you, heaven forbid, that this shall not happen to you. But yet Jesus spoke, he prophesied of his own death. He goes on to say, verse 23, now this is incredible. But Jesus turned and he said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You know what Jesus just says to Peter? You're acting like the devil. And that word, word for word, get behind me, Satan. In Matthew 4, when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness by the devil, it's exactly what he said. He said, get behind me, Satan. Quit acting like the devil. Now, pay close attention how he goes into it. You are an offense. You are a stumbling block. You are a dangerous trap. You are a snare to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but you are mindful of the things of men. Now, with that statement right there, i got to put myself in this passage of Scripture. What am I more mindful of? Do I lean to the things of God? Or do I lean to the things of man? Because if I lean to the things of man, guess who it's all about? It's all about me. And so he's telling him right here, quit acting like the devil. Quit imitating the devil because you're so concerned with what's best for you instead of the things of God. Now we go all the way back to the book of Luke where we begin in Luke 22. And so we begin to see some things here. I, I believe more and more when I, I begin to look at this that oftentimes there's pride in our lives, but the root is insecurity. Peter wanted to be noticed. He wanted everybody to think, look how spiritual Peter is. Look how strong Peter is. Now, whether we're willing to admit it today, Every one of us in here probably battle insecurity in some way or another. And it's like I just said, whether we're able to admit it or not, that we have insecurities, so when we brag, a lot of times it's, I want people to notice me. I do certain things to be noticed. To a degree, this is what Peter did. Now we go all the way back to Luke 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And this is what Jesus is telling him. You know what the definition of faith is? Obedience. And so he was telling Peter, he said, I've prayed that you'll obey me. Now the next phrase will, will really get our attention. And when you have returned to me. And when you have returned to me. So Jesus is right here. Makes a comment that, that says. Peter's going to turn from him. He's going to turn away from him. Actually the New International Version says. And when you have turned back to me. So you're going to fall away from me. And he goes on to say this. But when you return to me. Strengthen your brethren. Now, every one of us in this room at one time or another, we have the tendency to stray away from the things of God. But he said, when you return to me, you know what Jesus wants us to return? And the ultimative he gave Peter right here is he said, when you return to me, strengthen the brethren. We jump to a passage where the Lord Jesus said this to Peter. He said, Peter, do you love me? 
And Jesus, or Peter said, I love you, Lord. And Jesus said to him, he said, feed my sheep. How would we feed sheep? Well, you know what sheep food is? It's the Bible. It's the Word of God. So he's literally telling me and you, we need to learn the Word of God and teach the Word of God. Then he says to Peter again, do you love me, Peter? And Peter said, I love you, Lord. And he said, tend to my sheep. Tend to them. Take care of them. You know what that is? That's the heart of a servant. That's a heart of someone that says, you know what? I'm going to reach out. I'm going to serve the body of Christ in any way that I need to, whether it's in children's ministry, youth ministry, whether it's an usher or greeter somewhere. I'm called to serve. You're called to serve. Oh, no, I'm not. But yeah, you are. Because if you're not here to serve, you're a taker. Ooh, don't shout me down because I'm preaching so good, okay? And so again... The Lord is telling Peter, he said, listen, Peter, I need you. I need you to feed them, and I need you to tend them. And that word is to me and you today. We're needed. Well, pastor, I'm just a little pinky. Well, why don't you cut that pinky off and see how much you miss it? Don't do that literally, okay? How many of you have ever had just a little bitty blister on your heel or your foot sometime? Just that little bitty thing. You limp around like you're about to lose a leg. The illustration of the thought of that is this. I don't care how little you think you are. You're valuable, okay? I'm telling you right now, we, we got places in this church. We need you. We need, let me give you a paraphrased edition of we need you. We need you to step up to the plate, okay? For the kingdom of God. Thank you for that holy grunt. There's, there's a few of you that agree. You guys are saying, we're not going to let you go on vacation very often. You come back wired up. Verse 33. But Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. As if he was saying to Jesus, what you just said is not true. Then Jesus said to him, I tell you again, Peter, the darn rooster, show him back up. The rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you know him. So what we begin to see here is a man who was a disciple of Christ. He was a servant of Jesus Christ. And this is to speak of all of us in here, regardless of how short or long you've been born again. See, a lot of times I think as Christians, the, the older we get, we, we kind of have the thought, you know what, I've served God for 30, 40 years of my life, I'm okay. I, I, I read my Bible more than anybody else. I've served and I've walked with God over and over. I'm an overcomer. Nothing's going to happen to me. And I really have this thought. I wonder if that's what began to take place with King David when he fell into sexual sin with Bathsheba. I wonder if he got over and said, you know what, I'm exempt from sin. You know what, I got this. I can handle anything that's thrown out to me. And one of the problems we take on right here is when we start thinking we're so strong, we're so smart. We're so wise. We're so spiritual. And so the mistake here is trying to function if everything depends on you or me instead of God. I'm going to give you a verse, okay? 
tattoo this one on your heart right now. Acts 17 verse 28 says, In him I live, and in him I move, and in him I have my being. So you know what he just said? Everything I do in this life, it's got to be through Jesus. Everything. I got to turn everything over to Jesus. And that defies so much within us as human beings. Well, I'm strong. I got to do this. I got to fight. I got to get, I get a, see, that's our problem. We begin to do everything out of our abilities and we take Jesus out of the equation. And so now we go to the book of 1 Corinthians 15. And the reason I want to take you here is I want you to see a totally different heart that comes from the Apostle Paul. Now, as you're turning to 1 Corinthians 15, understand this about Peter. Peter became that rock. Peter became a great tool for the kingdom of God. Actually, after the day of Pentecost, he was the one that got up and began to speak the things of God in Acts 2. And so again, it shows me right there. Something happens when we begin to surrender to God and say, all right, Lord, begin to move in my life. Now, watch this here in in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9. The apostle Paul said, For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Now, when I read that, I can hear the humility in his voice. He said, I'm I'm the least of all the apostles. If you study the scriptures, he was the greatest of all the apostles. This was a man who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This was a man that was incredible. And so when I see the humility or hear the humility in his voice, I ask the question, How did he live with humility like that? Look at the next verse. But by the grace of God. But by the grace of God. In other words, I am what I am because of the grace of God. He goes on to say, and note in here, you'll see three times the grace of God is. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. It wasn't useless. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I. But the grace of God which is in me. So when we talk about the grace of God, what are we talking about? We're talking about God's empowerment that comes in us. And so again, when I live by the grace of God, God gets all the glory. Thank you, Father God. He he said, my grace is sufficient even in your weakness. So you know what the Apostle Paul just told us? He gave us the secret sauce. The grace of a living God. I am what I am because of the grace of God. See, some of us in here have been married a long time. I'm not married in a long time because I'm such a great human being. I've not been married so long because Shelley married Casanova. I'm married for a long time because of the grace of God. Wow. It's the same in our occupation. Many times in our life we get promoted, we get a raise, and you know what we have the thought of? Ooh, I'm the smartest tool in the shed. You're not. You're not. Pride goes before destruction. And a great thing to teach you young ones, God has talented you. God has given you great abilities. But when you get up and think, 
You're the man of the hour with all the power. Get ready. Get ready. Life is going to slap you. And the way I get free and I stay free is because of the grace of God. So again, right here, the Apostle Paul, he begins to tap in onto some things that I think we need to learn. Woo, I thank you, Father God, for your grace today. Thank you for your empowering today. You make me look brilliant, Father God. Even though I graduated from Clovis High School. And I ranked higher in my class than Philip ever thought. No, I'm just kidding. Turn with me one last passage. James chapter 4. Philip's a Clovis High grad too. He knows that. James chapter 4. Now you're going to see some things in here in this passage that will set me free in the area of pride. You're going to see some things in here that if I will live James chapter 4, this stuff will get in your heart. You're going to come alive. Start with me in verse 6. But God gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The only time in the Bible that you'll ever see God resist a human being is when he's prideful and arrogant. And the reason for that is we start taking on the nature of the devil. Pride was birthed through the devil. So anytime I I start acting prideful, you're acting like the devil. And in God's eyes, you are wearing a thing called leave me alone cologne. God said, get away, get away. He will oppose me. But if you'll note, he said, I give grace to the humble. The way I humble myself is I begin to turn things over to him. In, In 1 Peter 5, he said, cast all your care upon me. For I care for you. So many times our life looks like a backpack. I walk around with this backpack and I'm weighted down and I'm weighted down. And I'm getting weaker and weaker and weaker. You know why? Because my backpack is full of pride that I will never ask God to come in and help me. Woo, maybe we ought to get busy saying, I welcome your grace today, Father God. He goes on to say, therefore, submit to God. That word submit there means be subject to God. Obey God. Obey His word. Choose the word of God above every other thing. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he'll flee from you. Now here's what you can do. You can resist and resist and resist until your resistor doesn't resist anymore. And never see any result and say, you know what? This resisting the devil never works for me. You know why? Because you're not submitted to God. If I miss that first part, the rest of it won't work. And so the way I submit to God is I obey God. I stand before and I say, okay, Father God, I submit to you. I submit to your word. I submit to the Holy Spirit. And if you'll note there, when I submit to him, who resists the devil? You do. Who does he flee from? You. It doesn't say he flees from your mother. It said he flees from you. And so that tells me right there, because of my submission and my uh, my humility to God, there's a grace that comes in that says, you know what? I'm operating on God's power today. I'm operating on God's blessing. How how much further will we go? Well, keep reading. Verse 8. Draw near to God. 
And God will draw near to you. Has God seen distance from you? I hear people say, man, I, I just don't sense God in my life anymore. When's the last time you drew near to God? Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. That's exactly what he says. How do I draw near to God? I think one of the greatest ways we submit to God is right here like this. Where we say, Father God, I, I come before you today. I need your help. What a posture if I started my day and say, oh, Father God, I need you today. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Now look what he says next. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. The message says, quit dabbling in sin. You know why he says that? Because the only thing that breaks my relationship with God is sin. It's just sin. He goes on to say the last part there. And purify your hearts, the inside of you, you double-minded. Now you know what the double-minded means? It's a person who attempts to hold on to God and hold on to the world at the same time. One way or the other, okay? I can't be double-minded. You're either going to impress the people of the world or you're going to impress the things of God. And I will tell you this, the more you hang on to God, probably the less friends you're going to have. Some of you say, I don't want God. Then yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Hang on to God. Grab a hold of His hymn. Verse 9. Lament, mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. One translation says it this way. Get serious. Get down on your knees and repent. Strong, huh? Verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. So what helpfully happens? I either exalt God or I'm exalting myself. And God right here is saying, I, I want to help you. I want to be part of your life. And so as I read all this, some of the questions I begin to sense in my own heart. Have I taken God out of the equations in my life? Do I ever ask God to help me? How many of you type of struggle right now? You can raise your hand, it's okay. How many in that type of battle right now? How many you needing some direction right now? How many you needing some wisdom right now? See, probably every one of us in one of those categories, if not every one of them. But how many of us have ever taken those before God and say, "Here, Father God." See what 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 the Word tells me again is. I've got to take the, the Word of God. I've got to take what Jesus did for me and what He did for you, and I've got to activate that. I've got to start living by that. I've got to hang on to Jesus and Jesus because human reasoning, human power, human, human thinking never will give you a spiritual breakthrough. Only when I go to the things of God. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.